Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. Well, we certainly won't uh, show up on this list, Lucky. Uh, jobs where people are way overpaid. Right. Uh, people on Reddit. It's a bit of a thread that's gone viral on overpaid jobs. Uh, first and foremost, famous actors. Millions of dollars for a few weeks of work. Seems pretty nuts. Right. But, you know, I remember, and I think this is what has to be kept in mind when we talk about actors and their salaries. We were mentioning Will Ferrell the other day in uh, Elf 2 and $29 million. And turned down. He turned it down. Remember when Letterman moved from NBC to CBS? And at the time, everybody was just awestruck. I can't remember the exact number, but it was something like... $40 million a year or something to, to host this show. And, and everybody thought, you know, he works an hour a day. and how That's not true. He's, you know, he's a big part of writing, mm. all of it. Anyhow, what people always forgot was that one hour every evening made CBS like $200 million. That one hour yep. in, in revenue a year. So when, you, when your name and your product brings back all that money, right? Then you deserve a big chunk of it, right? You know, yeah. And, and listen, in in any line of work, there are people who are extremely successful at what they do, yeah. And uh, and uh, for all of those, there are thousands, if not millions, who are just struggling yeah. uh, to get by. Like something like real estate right now, mm-hmm. right? You know, I'm sure with the way that the market has gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Everyone is thinking, boy, I should just get into real estate. Right. Sell one house and you're set for the year. <laughs> Cash out. It's yeah. got to be simple to yeah. do. And you realize, okay, well, you know, there are some who are, I'm sure, doing very well mm-hmm. through all of this. And and then there are some who are, you know, there are millions of real estate agents mm-hmm. out there. Some are probably struggling to, to get one listing and sell it. Yeah, it's like sales in general. A, a good friend of ours who's a real estate agent, he found uh, in his professional career that the, what he did for decades was now a dinosaur. And he was done and out. He had been, uh, you know, packaged and, and shown the door. And he was, uh, I'm going to say, in his 40s and had mm. to, you know, still have kids to raise and all of that. So went into real estate. And he went from, as a salesman, and, you know, he had a long list of clients, so he was cashing pretty good checks every month. Once you build up, a, a, you know, a, a list, he went from that to hitting the bricks again as an agent. Right. You know, where he didn't close a, a home for almost five years. Right. You know. Because nobody trusts you. You've got no track record as an agent. Yeah. And then soon a friend of a friend says, oh, I'm selling my house. I'll give it to you. And, yeah. You know, and yeah, that real estate is on the list. And sure, when you can cash five and six percent commissions on a million dollar home. Yeah. But we also believe, too, it's just them throwing a sign uh, in the ground. Yeah. Well, you know, now now we think, well, I can basically do this myself, right? Because it's yeah. the Internet. You have companies that do that. right? Yeah. We kind of guide you through the process. You know, much like Wills. <laughs> You're yeah. like, okay, I can do this online with this kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you need to pay a lawyer for? Mm-hmm. And you realize, holy crap, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes of this, and you're paying for some extra expertise uh, here and there as well. You know what it is, too? And, and I learned this uh, on a very personal level. When we sold our home in Brampton, as we sat down at the kitchen table to make this move to Windsor, was Maria and I and the agent and the offer, uh, we had a few offers, and the one we were going to accept uh, was there. And we were talking about it, and I was kind of going through it very business-like, and we were figuring it all out. And this was a home that Maria and I had thought would be our forever home. Right. It was in a part of Brampton, you know, and if you grow up in a town, 
you know the nice spots. Uh-huh. And and uh, we had often said, oh, maybe one day we could, you know, live there. That's where the doctors and the lawyers live. You know, gotcha. in Brampton, there's like Peel Village and Bramley Woods. And it kind of it was the two really nice areas at the time. Um, and so we ended up and, we, you know, for the three years we lived there, you know, sometimes I just stand there and go, I can't believe I own this house. Like, mm. you know, this is so as we sat at the kitchen table. Both of us, Maria, a little more than me. I held it in a bit, but I think we. She got quite upset. She's like, "I'm, I'm losing this house. I'm going to a town I don't even know," you know. And so it was a married couple who were the agents for us, and the woman took Maria aside and they had a nice little chat. So there's more to just sign here and yes, sign there right. because there's a lot of you know. Sometimes you're you're selling a home for a marriage that's dissolved, right. or you're selling a home where where a, where a partner has passed. You know, and so the, the other partner is now stuck with all this grief and selling the home. So there is a lot more, I think, to the job than just sticking a sign in the ground. Mm. You know, they sometimes they really do earn that commission. And other times it's just a, <laughs> here you go, 400 grand over asking. But anyhow, uh, these are uh, jobs where people are way overpaid. Professional athletes next on the list. All right, yeah. But again, it falls in that category of, well, they, they also bring in a lot of revenue. Yeah, yeah. And, and we have a tough time seeing that. Yeah. Right? Because you don't understand where that revenue really comes from yeah. and how the ownership can... Are they really making money by paying $90 million a year to people? Right. Yeah, I guess they are. They are. Paparazzi, uh, basically stalking people and making thousands for a photo. Uh, this is more a United States thing. Mega church preachers. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. more a U.S. thing, yeah. certainly, than here. What is it, Joel Ostrich? Is that? Yeah, yeah, that guy's crazy. Yeah. Social media influencers. They are making millions just from posting crap on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and CEOs. We mentioned this earlier, talking about a lot of money. There are many making over $100 million. And these are people who, a lot of times, are in positions for companies that, like, they didn't start. Mm. You know, if you become the CEO of a, a widget company that you invented, it's kind of the Bezos thing, right? You do yeah. something, all the power to you. Yeah. But when you become the CEO of, I don't know, Hydro, right. you, what, you didn't invent Hydro. Yeah. <laughs> you just flicked the switch. If you were a fan of the ESPN documentary, The Last Dance, which so many of us watched, it was really kind of insightful and behind the scenes of the Chicago Bulls and the Jordan years. Uh, well, you'd probably want to read this. Scotty Pippen has uh, given his rebuttal uh, to that documentary in a new memoir called Unguarded. Uh, first, he trashes the documentary by glorifying Jordan while not giving his Bulls teammates enough credit. And he adds that Jordan made $10 million off the movie, off the documentary, but Scotty and the others didn't make a dime. Really? Even though they appeared on... Yeah, because, well, I bet you Jordan was a producer on it or something, right? Right. Yeah, but still, did we just talk a couple of weeks ago how Jordan's still making $150 yeah. million a year from yeah. Nike? Oh, I'm sure this is what rubs his ex-teammates and the likes of Pippen the wrong way. You even saw in the documentary, there, there wasn't a whole lot of love lost between Michael Jordan and Scotty Pippen. Um he says, even to this day, they're not close. They never have been. And yet you, you can, you know, make claim that if it wasn't for a guy like Scottie Pippen, Michael Jordan wouldn't have had the success he had. Right. You know? Well, that, that was it. They were a one-two punch, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, part of that was, should Jordan have gone to bat more for Scottie? Mm. You know, in contract negotiations and when Scotty held out. It was, you know, when that started to go south mm. for that dynasty, right? I mean, obviously there's a lot of egos at play. Mm. in there and, and who helps the team more and, and who, 
it was more important. I mean, everyone knew Mike was important <laughs> and, and the biggest piece. But, you know, if you've got any kind of sense of self-worth mm. as a professional basketball player, you're thinking, well, my role is important, too. Yeah, it's, it goes in any business, right? Any any successful business is going to have some kind of out front uh, profile star, whatever it is. But, you, you know, you're never going to be great unless you got a terrific team working around you. And I, listen, I guess to Jordan's defense, here was a man. I remember he he was at some golf tournament. I, was it here? Somebody I knew was at a golf tournament he was at where they had never seen security and, and, and uh, you know, hangers on mm-hmm. uh, as much as around. Like Jordan couldn't go to the bathroom without having six guards around him, yeah. you know. Um, and so when you live in that bubble, it's probably very hard to trust anybody, even his teammates. Maybe he'd think, okay, what does Pippen want from me? Like what is it, you know? Uh, so I could see both sides of it, certainly. But he goes on to call Jordan uh, selfish, hypocritical, insensitive. So it might be an interesting read. Wow. Um, you know, I, I often compare this morning show to that kind of Bulls dynasty. And I see me as Jordan and you as Pippen. <laughs> when I watch The Last Dance, I, I kind of see it that way. I know that I've often gone to management you know, I, I batted for you. Oh, but yeah. They 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 just don't see your uh, what you bring to the table. I I, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And Doug's more like Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the tats. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, if they ever did a documentary about this, I'd I'd call it the slow dance. <laughs> <laughs> Emphasize slow. <laughs> You got that right. Anyhow, that might be an interesting read over uh, the holidays. Um, And another book that's coming out is Will Smith has written his uh, biography, a memoir called Will, and it'll be out soon. And he really gets into some some deep stuff. He shares a lot of personal stuff about his childhood and his father beating on his mother and how he at a very young age wanted nothing more than to kill his dad. Whoa. Because of the beatings he saw that his mother received at the hands of his father. But fast forward years later, and Will ended up taking care of his dad, who was dying of cancer and who did pass away in 2016. But even then, he had moments of, as they were in their ho- uh, Will Smith's home, and he's pushing them around in a wheelchair, getting them from the bedroom to the bathroom in the middle of the night. There's moments where he thought, I could just push him down the stairs and nobody would know the difference. Huh. But uh, he, he got past all of that, and um, so that would be probably an interesting read as well. And uh, as I mentioned before, Paul McCartney's got this new thing out. It's, it's um, unbelievable. It has already sold more copies. Like, it's top of Amazon's best-selling list. What is it? It's a, it's a book that basically is a memoir as well. It's two parts. It's, I think it's two parts. It goes back to, like, 1956 when he was a young kid in school or whatever, starting to write songs. And his life, because he never kept journals, so his, he tells his tale through all the song lyrics. Oh, okay. And supposedly it is amazing and has already in the like 24 to 48 hours that it's been out, already gone to the top of like Amazon's selling list anyhow. Right. So there's something else you can look for. Put a, put a couple more dollars in his pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere Ringo like Pippin. It's like, dude, where's my beast? Back in the early 2000s, were you a fan of the show Joe Millionaire? Do you remember this thing? No. You didn't? Oh, it was a big deal. So 
Joe Millionaire? It was a dating show where uh, the guy was supposedly a millionaire. Oh. And then the big twist at the end was that he wasn't. Right. Okay. I think I'm, I'm vaguely familiar with what you're talking about yeah, now. Yeah. It was. Uh, they had a bunch of women competing for the hand of a millionaire. Right. And then when he finally chose the woman, he didn't He didn't have any money at all. It was a gold digger show, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever happened to those couples? I don't know. I'm sure they didn't stay together. <laughs> Well, Fox has decided they're doing it again. Why not? There's a slight twist, though. Uh, The new version is called Joe Millionaire for Richer or Poorer, and there are going to be two guys courting 20 women. One of these guys is a millionaire, the other isn't, and the women don't know which is which. Wow. The show is in the can and ready to premiere in January. Okay, that actually seems kind of funny. I might watch watch some of that. (laughs) The conversations... In the back rooms where, you know, the women are trying to decide which mm. one is the rich one. So they know one is and one isn't, They right? know one is and one isn't. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. And I, I can't tell you how impressed I am with Pete Davidson. Look, we all are shocked at all these women he dates and right. you know, how successful he seems the to be. The latest is Kim Kardashian rumors, right? Yeah, so they were at this amusement park uh, seen holding hands in, in uh, California. And now she has traveled from California to Staten Island. Like, she took a flight. She made her way, I'm sure not coach, but (laughs) made her way to Staten Island to spend a weekend with him. And he took her to dinner. But this this is what's so impressive about Pete Davidson. Now, Kim Kardashian has probably been all over the world and seen some of the most expensive, you know, uh, Michelin dining, uh, six star resorts. Where are you going with? They go to Red Lobster. What no, they do? well, <laughs> I love the Red Lobster, but <laughs> this was even kind of below. He took her on Staten Island to an Italian restaurant in a strip mall. <laughs> That's so baller. <laughs> that is so baller. Can you imagine? There's Kim Kardashian like an Olive Garden kind of place. <laughs> Eating on her breadsticks. Oh, she like more breadsticks. But the one thing he did do is he arranged for the restaurant to have them seated on the rooftop. So he had this romantic little thing. It was just the two of them up there. Now you're on the rooftop, probably near the air conditioning unit. Wow. Of a strip mall overlooking Staten Island. Right. There's Bed Bath & Beyond. Well, he is the king of Staten Island. He so. is. But Pete Davidson, she is a billionaire. Yeah. And he's like, we're going for an Italian at the strip mall. That's so <sighs> great. And she went. Everybody, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, everybody. Good on him. Supposedly, she's hanging with him because she's intrigued by him. Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that tends to be, I think, the uh, the card he plays a lot. Yeah. Intrigued like someone staring at the monkeys at the zoo. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but listen, if that's staring back at you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hand me a banana. Here we go. <laughs> he's trying to hand her a banana. <laughs> that's it. Uh, and then and maybe was... that's quite a banana he's swinging uh, because you know he's what? Yeah. certainly you know, playing way above his league. Oh, yeah. Most, most games for him. <laughs> yeah, his, his wiener is punching way outside of his weight class. <laughs> oh, wow. Anyhow, then they were seen uh, again uh, the night after at some uh, New York City bar, and they were hanging out with some other people. So... She stuck around. It's not like she went, you took me to a strip mall for dinner? She hung around. Like, the crazy part about this, though, is that, like, when you're at that level of celebrity, if you wanted to, you don't have to go anywhere, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, you've got personal chefs and private venues, and you can keep everything quiet, mm-hmm. all right? And, and just say, hey, we, 
We don't want to get to know each other first. Oh, she loves this. That doesn't happen. This is all about attention and play. And for her, you know, with with all, I thought it was it was an on again, off again thing with Mm. with yay, (laughs) right, (laughs) right. Um, But maybe it's it's all off. Oh yeah, they are they are Splitsville and divorced and done. It, the other thing too is what he's done is, and I think it's brilliant is he set that bar way low. Like you, you take Kate, uh, Kim Kardashian out for dinner, you think I got to fly her to Paris, right? He took her to a strip mall. It's it's brilliant. Well, I mean, it's what he can afford. Uh, I, I think he does all right. <laughs> he does okay, but yeah. he's not billionaire status no, like her. But it's still, you know, you, you you like even even you know simpletons like me on that first date. You you we all do it. We try to set the bar a yeah. little high to impress, right? I mean, it's not like I took Maria to a donut shop for our first date. No, and instead we're like, okay, fine, we'll have the Billy Miner pie. <laughs> <laughs> Spring for the dessert, too. <laughs> a peanut buster parfait. I'll be paying this one off forever. <laughs> this I, I would certainly watch. There was a, uh, a powerful cocaine trafficker in the 80s, a woman known as Black Widow. And uh, her real name was uh, Griselda Blanco. We always focus on the dudes right. in the cocaine trade. Right, yeah. But there was some women moving some product back in the day. Oh, as really? well. It wasn't all Tony Montana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> your hero. Oh, my number one guy. Don't get high on your own supply. <laughs> I have it stitched on a pillow somewhere. <laughs> Never underestimate the other guy's greed, Lucky. Okay. Remember that. And a hossa is a pig that don't fly straight. Uh-huh. These are just the things. Tell your children these. You know, I was wondering yesterday, because we were at Landmark Cinemas filming our little uh, uh, yeah, preview promos, stuff, yeah. promos. Mm-hmm. Um, we were walking around, just like that massive complex that is Landmark Cinemas in Whitby. Mm-hmm. And it was great, nice and clean. And I was wondering, what, what, what happens with those movie theater posters mm. when they're done with them? A lot of times, I, well, they get sold off, I think, because a lot of times you've seen people with them. Like, you, Yeah. Yeah, I, I used to, you know, I used to be able to, maybe there were replicas, but you used to be able to buy them in, like, record stores and stuff. Well, you used to be able to buy those posters, but I, I just, like... The actual ones themselves. That were there. And yeah. Those are quite big. Yeah. Well. And they have all those kind of set-up displays and stuff. Yeah. That's one of the perks of one of the jobs there is they get those given away, raffled off. Collected. Yeah, maybe. I've never thought about it. I don't it. know, yeah. Huh. Okay, if anybody knows, let us know. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we'll have to kind of talk to the guys at Landmark. Yeah. I don't know they need anyone. Oh, the Bond one would be a pretty that'd cool be, one. Yeah, yeah, especially, uh, yeah, especially for you. Give that to your dad for Christmas. Yeah, and the final, uh, for Christmas. final one with uh, um, the final Bond. Yeah. This one. yeah, so Daniel Craig one. I don't know if I need Clifford the Big Red Dog. No, no, that was a big display, too. Big so. Yeah, I'd go for uh, like an Ford. original Tony Montana would have been Scarface would be great or Godfather. Yeah, one yeah. of those are Forrest Hump. Right. <laughs> like a copy of that one. <laughs> Who doesn't like a good corned beef sandwich? You like corned beef sandwich? Oh, I do. Put it on a Kaiser. I do. Yeah. Well, you like to uh, you like to put some mustard on there? But uh, yeah, yellow mustard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What other kind of mustard is there? Well, I guess there's your red hot mustard. Dijon's. And yeah. You don't, do you like a Dijon? The CD ones. No, yeah. no, I'm not no, into that. I didn't think you would. Just a straight up French. Yeah. All right. Well, there's something you can uh, share with your guy at the deli next time you go order one. Okay. You can ask him, why is it named corned beef? And he'll say, ah, leave me alone. I don't know. You want a pickle? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, you can say, well, look, it's uh, because... It no was- soup for you. <laughs> Get out. 
Uh, it's named for the large grains of rock salt, also called corns of salt, that are used to treat the meat. Oh. Sugar and spices can also be added. Okay. So you could say I'd like a uh, um, a rock or uh, rock uh, beef. Please. Okay. Yeah, I never, uh, never questioned that. No. No. I mean, maybe we'll ask Teddy. A little trivia for Teddy. Okay. Uh, ketchup in the 1830s was used for more than just your hamburgers, french fries, and grilled cheese sandwiches. It was turned into pills and sold as medicine to treat indigestion and diarrhea. Wow. Yeah. I don't trust the science. No, never have. <laughs> never have. <laughs> Although you'd want it in pill form because if you got diarrhea and you got to wait for the ketchup to get out of the bottle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, man, I need to plug myself up. Yeah, yeah. That's just a good use point. the bottle for that. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, in the 1970s, it would be great, though, in the 1800s, if you went to your doctor and everything he prescribed to you was a condiment. Because <laughs> I love condiments. <laughs> I got a massive migraine, doctor. Have some relish. <laughs> got the plague? Yeah. Mustard. <laughs> Rub some mayo on yeah. that. You'll be fine. A little chipotle. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what cures that Sornese gravy? Yeah. Um, uh, in the 1970s, seven percent of gynecologists were women. Okay, now it's up to 59 percent. Seven percent. Yeah, not not many were in it. And Makes 80- sense, and and glad to hear it. Yeah, no, of course, yeah. for sure. I'm sure many women are glad to hear it as well. 82 percent of the residents training to be gynecologists are now women. So more and more good. involved. Yeah. See a lot more male nurses too, which is very yeah. good. Yeah, and, and in I'm some sure. cases necessary too, right? With the, the mm-hmm. you know, amount of patients and the the lifting that has to go on and. Yeah, some of the things you see in an emergency room, right. somebody freaking out or something. Yeah. You need uh, some assistance sometimes that way. Yeah, let's drop the stereotypes and the stigmas with it for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I had a neighbor who was a, he was a brute. Of a, he was like 6'3", probably, you know, 300 bills. He used to play like, uh, just um, uh, not lacrosse. Uh, Chess. <laughs> Tiddlywinks. <laughs> rugby. All right. He played rugby like semi-professional. And he was an emergency room nurse. And his wife was a cop. Oh, wow. Oh, the role playing they must have gotten up to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a stroke. <laughs> the one, well, one business feeds the other. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, some of the names for Sesame Street that got rejected before it became Sesame Street were the video classroom. Okay. 123 Avenue B. All right. And Fun Street. Why would that get rejected, do you think? It seems, like, appropriate, right? Yeah. I don't know where they went. Sesame they went to Street. Sesame instead? Yeah. I'm not sure why. Henry Ford started two car companies before the Mo- uh, Ford Motor Company. One was called the Detroit Automobile Company, and the other one was called the Henry Ford Company. Okay. Found on road, dead. Never got tired of that. <laughs> Formation of rust deposits. Oh. No, listen, I like Ford very much. I just remember those were things people used to say. All oh, those little a, acronyms. Yeah, I was a kid. I, I've enjoyed a Ford. I've owned a Ford. I got nothing against Ford. Yeah, I'll drive one today. You want to give me one? My uncle used to work for BWIA, the airlines. Yeah, and there was better walk if able. <laughs> <laughs> you know, who they're takes, known for some long lines and big yeah, delays. Yeah, you know, who takes a beating all the time in airlines is spirit. Like you see, like on the Trevor Noah oh, and all yeah. the talk shows, they always just oh, that jet blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Adidas all day, all day long. I dream about sex. Yes, so. right. Yeah, those were good. Those were fun when you were like 12. <laughs> poor, poor Adidas. Adidas is probably like, oh, man, I, like I made it through the war and started a successful company. And 
Put my name on it. Yeah. I'm so proud of what I've done. Uh-huh. They make it into all I do. All, all I do is dream about sex. Um, thinking of things that made me giggle when I was young, I'm going to share a joke with you off the air. Okay. Remind me. <laughs> I, I could share it on the air once. I was going to say, you just remember to turn those buttons off when I you say it. I saw this yesterday and I howled. <laughs> um, the correct plural word for octopus is octopodes. Really? I would have gone with pie. Yeah. Yeah. You know, most of us say octopuses or octopi. Right. But octopodes is the way you go. Okay. It's like, but you know, you'd always just say octopi because that's what we're all used to. Yeah. Right? I mean, who's going to correct you? It's like tinnitus. You know, tinnitus. Right. You know, people that get it in your ear, the ringing. Right. It's actually tinnitus is the actual proper pronunciation of it. But if you say that, people go, you know, you're saying it wrong. It's tinnitus. Right. It's actually tinnitus. Tinnitus? Tinnitus? Yeah. Ask your dad. Okay. Get your dad on the phone. <laughs> well, eczema is one. Eczema. Right. Is what it is right. correctly termed as. Right. But everyone knows the cream noxema. So they go with eczema. I really want to feature Ask Lucky's Dr. Dad. Right. Uh, ask Dr. Luck. Yeah, you'd have to wake him up, though. <laughs> and he... Don't think you'd be very happy with that. I'll talk to him about my problems. <laughs> I'm sure he's heard that about it. There's be a whole segment about Craig's problems. What <laughs> he really believes is I'm your problem. Um, where are we here? Are we almost done? This you should ask Dr. Downer. You went to see him yesterday. Yeah. No, I had a lovely chat with him, and I threw you totally under the bus. I'm sure you did. Uh-huh. Um, there's a town called Rabin County in Georgia. Uh, it's a little county in Georgia. And in 1972, a movie came out. It was filmed in Rabin County, Georgia. Okay. And it was such a successful movie that it, the uh, tourism became the main source of income for this county. From 1972? Yes, sir. It's a horror movie? Uh, it was more of a thriller. Okay. Well, a horror for one of the actors. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> one scene must have been missing from his script. <laughs> Why? Where's page 52 and 53? Never you worry about it. Just wear clean underwear. Uh, uh, deliverance. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think his agent said to him? <laughs> what do you show him first, the script or the check? You <laughs> would hope the check. Don't worry, after this movie, nobody's going to recognize your face. They'll see you. <laughs> if you bend over... <laughs> You'll work again because nobody knows. <laughs> Did they have typecasting back right. then? Because yeah. you didn't want it. Where are we going this summer, sweetie? Ah, oh, we're taking the kids to see where the man squealed like a pig. <laughs> rock Mornings with, with Craig, Craig Venn and Lucky. Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.